Welcome back to Cookies and Milk. <laughs> this is my second night. Cookies and Milk with Monica. I love it. Bedtime stories with Monica Matthews. This is so much fun. I was reading through your awesome feedback and I'm so glad that you guys are blessed by this. And I really just, you know, did it because I thought, you know what? Why not? You know, I I do hear from people quite a bit who have a hard time sleeping. You know, nighttime can be scary for a lot of people. For a lot of people, the nighttime is very difficult. It's when people are alone. It's when the enemy comes to just rob you of your peace. You know, I remember a season in my life when I was going through so much stress and my husband had just been diagnosed with this horrible terminal illness and I had a small child and my body, man, like I just took it and took it and took it. And I mean, that's who I am. That's how God has wired me. I'm a warrior. I just, I keep pressing through. I just go. I don't stop and spend a lot of time, um, you know, over-processing emotions or, um, you know, especially when there are things, just business to handle, you know, have a child to love and nurture and take care of. And I couldn't do anything to save my husband. I wanted to, wanted to so bad. And I, and I couldn't, and I just kept going and going and going and no matter how many times people would tell me, Monica, you've got to slow down and take care of yourself. And I was just like, I got things to do. And eventually I did stop. I stopped and it would hit me in the evenings when I would try to relax. Like my heart rate would take off, you know, I just, I would, like, I'd have these weird panicky feelings because my body, I finally figured out, you know, my body was just like, okay, <laughs> sure, you want to take a load off now? We're going to just let all hell break loose. And it did. I was holding on to that stress and to that fear and anxiety, and I didn't even know it. You know, when... When Jesus tells us that he asks us a question, I love that. I mean, it's so powerful when, you, when you're teaching people and you ask questions so that that person can come to, you know, a conclusion on their own. That is a godly thing to ask questions instead of telling people what to think Teach them how to utilize their mind of Christ by asking questions. And he said, what can you add to your life by stressing, by being afraid of anything? What does worry add to your life? And I thought, huh, 
over the years, you know, I've initially will we stop with, well, nothing, Lord, you know, can add nothing good, right? But the truth is, it adds a lot. And it also takes away a lot. A lot. And so the things that anxiety and worry and stress always brought to me was disease, discomfort, displeasure, discontentment, loneliness, striving, just physical stress, inflammation, right? Depletion, lack of joy, lack of energy, lack of rest, lack of peace and comfort. It's all of these things that, you know, God promises that when our eyes are on him, when our eyes are steadfast on the Lord, then we are kept in perfect peace. That's a promise. That's a promise. And it takes work. But the good news is, when we choose to submit to that, to that promise, right? To practice that promise, to put that promise in practice in our lives. To practice keeping our eyes on the Lord. And, and practicing that to the extent that his promises are made manifest, that we will be kept in perfect peace. That is practicing the word of God. That's not just hearing it. It's doing it. And it working what it promised to work. So, so when the Bible says that Jesus came to, to serve us, the word is still serving us. If you allow it to serve you, it will. Even in your moments, and especially in your moments, of utter humanity, worrying, stressing, striving, complaining, if you will submit yourself to actively choose not to worry, but to do the other thing that the scriptures tell us to do, which is to cast your cares upon Jesus because he cares for you. That is a command. What And you know, the word cares is your addictions. Think about how many things you're addicted to. How many of you are addicted to worry and anxiety? The church has done a great disservice by stopping it. Things like drinking and sex and gambling. Some people are addicted to worry. You have a personality of fear and worry because your mind has been altered literally, physiologically. The mapping of your mind has been altered so that your first personality characteristic is to worry. We make fun of people like that. We call them worry warts. And some people call themselves worry warts. Well, you know, I'm just a worrier. Always been a worry wart. 
And that is not a noble or godly personality characteristic. I don't say that to shame you, that's for sure. I just confess that I've certainly had my own worry. My body finally responded to it after years of, man, just one hit after another in my life with illness and disease of my loved ones. It was unbelievable. And finally, my whole adrenal system was just like, yep, (laughs) we're about done with cortisol, (laughs) drips and squirts and, uh, you know, barrages. There's only so much your bodies can take. And God knew that whenever he said rest. He knew that whenever he commanded sweet sleep over you. He knew that when he commanded you not to worry. He absolutely knew that. So I want to encourage you tonight. Be encouraged. What is encouraged? mean to have courage some people would say it's not the absence of fear it's just doing it anyway which to a very large extent is true i remember the first time i was supposed to fill in for herman cain oh i've told this story before but it, it 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 just it's worth repeating in this instance i was so scared that i had uh migraines for a week i couldn't sleep i couldn't eat i had diarrhea i mean sorry i mean it was bad I was so scared out of my mind because it was going to be national. It wasn't just local. It was, I thought of every reason in the world why I was just not going to do it. (laughs) And, uh, I mean, I had a time clock I had to consider. I had his followers. I mean, it's Herman Cain. Like, Herman ran for president. Here I am feeling, I'm filling in for my colleague, who's a very distinguished and highly respected citizen, people love Herman, right? And I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Oh, it was so bad. I never told my producer until after I did the show. But I was, con- I mean, I was like, the dog ate my homework. I mean, you name it, you know. I've got my cycle, whatever. Tornado took my house down. I don't know. Little Martians came in and took my notes. I just can't make it. I mean, I was thinking of everything. I was so scared. And there was no way I could let myself down. And all of those people who believed in me enough to put me on those airwaves. I just couldn't do it. I had to show up. And so I did it anyway. I did it scared to death, and I did it, and it was amazing, and it was life-altering, and I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. It it changed the trajectory of my life because I felt if I can do that, 
I can do anything. Whenever it comes to public speaking, I mean, that was a major mountain in my life. But it wasn't without fear. It just wasn't. So I don't shame people for being afraid. There are moments that you have to do it anyway. You have to. You have to do it. You cannot go to your deathbed as an old person and know that there was something you were just too afraid to do that you knew, you knew, you knew, you knew that you should have done. So you have to do it. You have to show up and do things afraid. Because it's the only way you're ever going to see that part of you that God sees that you can't see until you do it anyway. You do it afraid. And that's okay. No one has to know. It can be between you and the Lord. And you ask him to come with you, and he will. I promise he does. He just does. He just does. His Holy Spirit comes, and he just does. And it's amazing. And it's, it's one of those faith-building times that no one can ever take away from you. So when they come for your Bibles, they come for your life, they come for your livelihood, they come for your freedom of speech, your freedom of expression of your faith, when they come for that, And you have those moments under your belt. You have those moments in your bones, in your marrow, written on the tablets of your heart. They will never take that away from you. Those are the God moments that are like the date nights, you know, when you first married your spouse. Those honeymoon days and nights that you bonded. I mean, you just, there's some moments, no matter how long you've been married, no matter how rough it's gotten, no matter how bad it ended even, there are moments that all of you can look to if you're married and you think, that's when we bonded. Like that, that person will always be a part of you. Those memories will always be etched literally into your being on a cellular cellular level. That's what happens when you believe what God says and you say amen and you put it into practice in your life. That's what happens. You'll notice I didn't, I didn't memorize scriptures in the sense that I can shout out addresses. And I, I can't. I, everything I've told you so far, if you recognize it as scripture, it, it is, it's in your Bible. I'm just not an address girl. I never have been. I've always seen it as a fault. But then there are times when I'm like, well, it's okay. I'll just go back and cross-reference or I'll ask you guys to cite, you know, go back and cross-reference what I've said to you this evening. It is all very much so harmonious in scripture. That's that's how you build upon brick upon brick upon brick of that foundation that the Bible says when the winds come and the storms come and the floods come, that your house will still be standing. You might you might shake a little, 
You might, you might be a little afraid, but your house will not be destroyed. And you are your house, your mind, your psyche, your spirit, your heart, your feelings, all of that. That's who you are. That's your foundation. And when you have these faith-building moments that are built on experience with God, where you did it anyway, you were scared to death, but you showed up anyway, you did it anyway, you left that relationship anyway, you left that job, you sold that house, you got rid of the things that were weighing you down, you walked away, you shut the door, you opened the door, you walked towards something, you ran towards something, you said yes, you said no, whatever it is, only you know what that is. But those are those faith-building moments when you do it anyway. And no one can ever take that away from you. And so whether the Democrats are in charge or the Chinese or the communists or the atheists or the Satanists or the AI programs, no one will ever be able to take your God moments away from you. So when you're afraid, I want to encourage you. I want to breathe courage into you tonight as you go off to sleep. Again, release people that need to be released. People who need to be released from bitterness, unforgiveness, jealousy, comparison. Let them go. Maybe they are more courageous than you. And so the voices you hear at night are, well, I wish I was like them. Could be your sister. Could be your mother. Could be your children. Your aunt, your uncle. Could be anyone. Your boss. Your coworkers. Someone else running for office next to you. Whatever. Someone in your profession that you compare yourself to. And God says, stop. I have created you unique. And I'm here with you. So you don't have to fear. But if you are afraid, cast that burden upon me. And he will give you sweet sleep. And he will give you peace. Not because I said so, but because he promised to do so. And he is faithful. And he is kind. And as you forgive others, he forgives you. Don't forget to put yourself on that list of forgiveness. It is very important. There's only one unforgivable sin. And that is blaspheming the Holy Spirit. So whatever it is that you've done that you feel is so egregious, you just keep doing it over and over and over again. I'm going to believe with you tonight that just as I have things that I am believing that God will break in my life, 
for my good and for his glory, that you also will be set free from those things that you ask God to deliver you from. And if worry and fear are those things, then I just stand in agreement with you that in due time, as you trust and you apply that word to your heart and to your mind, that God will prove himself faithful in your life. Now, go and sleep. And sleep well. And know that God loves you. He forgives you. He desires you. He knows you. He calls you by name. He cries for you and with you. He needs you. He desires you. And he is watching over you tonight and always. Tomorrow morning, you'll wake up refreshed to new mercies because that is what he promised. I love you.